If you weren't here last week, we mentioned what a privilege it is to have the Johnstones with us. And they're going to continue to be with us as the Lord lets that. They may travel some, but I think we're going to let, I think by the grace of God, they're going to call this home and we're going to have them here. And uh, I know this about Brother and Sister Johnstone. They're content to say, you know, we've been, we've been pastoring and ministering for years. It's, I know sometimes it's nice to just go and just worship with people and receive and not feel that I don't have any responsibility other than yield to the Lord and see what happens. And, um, but I, I had asked Brother Johnstone if he would just wait on the Lord with me uh, today, and he agreed to do so. And I, I asked him to start today and take his liberty. Would you open your spirit and let the Lord minister into your life this morning? Why don't we stand together, and I want us to pray one more time. I thank God for the privilege of worship. But you understand, we need the Word of God. We need the Word of God. Amen. Would you pray with me right now and open your spirit, Lord? In this time that we have remaining together this morning, we agree together to open our heart, our mind, our soul, and our spirit to your living Word. I pray your divine Word reach into our lives as only you can. You know where we are individually and collectively. You know the design and the desire that you have today. Your word, Father, I pray, let your word go forth and accomplish what you send it to do. In the name of Jesus, we will receive it of you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everyone. For you that don't know me, I'm going to give you one sentence to get to know me. I am a sinner saved by the grace of God. A sinner saved by the almighty grace of God. I'm here today by God's grace only. I was not raised in the church. It wasn't a, a part of my life growing up until 24 years of age where I was introduced to Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm, I feel an honor to be here today and a privilege just to be in the presence of God, that he could take a nobody and start trying to do something with him, shaping and molding our lives. I, I only say that today to tell you this. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. God is no respecter of persons, but we've got to yield to God and to his plan and to his purpose and his will for our life in order to find the peace that passeth all understanding. Amen. If you would turn with me into the book of Asa, or I'm sorry, Chronicles, Second Chronicles. We're going to deal with Asa here. And I want Second Chronicles chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. While we're turning there, Sister Johnson and I coming here has been in the making 10 months. And uh, so it wasn't an overnight decision. There was a lot of planning and purpose. But Elder Hart, you probably remember this, but I told you I'm going to be the best saint you ever had. <laughs> I mean it with all my heart. I want to be the best saint he ever had. Anything he needs me to do or ask of me, with joy I would want to do that. 
When we talk about unity, that's where we got to come in our mind. God puts an elder in our life to lead us and to guide us. God is going to direct him in what I need to do and, and what I might not need to do. And, but I want him. And, and the elder may say, but I don't feel God wants you to take that step or go in that direction. I've got to somewhere trust God's plan and purpose and, and how he, he flows in authority and say, okay. I have never never went wrong listening to my pastor never never I've even sat down with district superintendents and had problems in in church and needed advice I was just young and green I mean green and I can remember Elder Hart listening to my district superintendent and I didn't agree with him but I went home and did exactly what he told me to do. Because if I'm going to take his time and I'm going to sit down with him, I'm going to do what he said to do. I went home, did what he said to do, and it worked out. Come on. God's got a plan. And, and when I can understand that, he begins to help me. Let's begin. And a J.I. slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his steed. In his days, and the land was quiet 10 years. Now catch this. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. I don't want to do just what's right, but I like what he says here. The, the word good is in there. I, I, want to, I want to do what is good, and I want to do what is right. I am convinced this morning that every one of us know what's right. Just getting us to do it. I know what the right thing to do is. In fact, I'll go to Elder Hart and try to get advice, hoping that he will not tell me to do what God's telling me to do. I already know what the right thing to do is, but I'm looking for a way out, and I'm hoping he's going to give it to me. But he won't. The Lord will simply confirm it. So why don't we just do what's right? Okay. And he took away the altars of the strange gods in the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves. And he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandments. And he took away out of all the cities of Judah, the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. I don't name a lot of messages or but I'm going to leave a thought with you that the Lord just, I'm dealing with. Maybe this message is only for me today. But the danger of self-reliance. The danger of self-reliance. And I want to show you this story that we could look at and learn from Scripture where I don't want to find myself at in the later years of my life. Can we do that? Let's pray one more time. Father, we come to you today. And we ask you, Lord, for your help and for your guidance and your strength this morning. You already have direction for the service, Lord. 
You want to heal. You want to deliver. You want to set the captive free, God. That's your purpose of us coming together and praying and fasting and seeking your faith. That, God, you would accomplish what you want done today. It's not about me. It's not about what I want, God. We've surrendered, God. We've surrendered today, God, to your will and to your plan this morning. In that wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Could we put Romans 15 and 4 up on the screen? Uh, we're going to look at this today, and, and we're literally going to compare it to your life and my life. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. This story was not just something to fill up the pages of a book. This story was put in there, and, and, and I don't even want to use the word story. This incident that happened was put in there for me to look at and say, I want you to learn from this. I want you to pay attention how this man lived his life and what he did, and then the danger of self-reliance because I have lived for God long enough. I think I can do it on my own. I could literally do something without even praying about it because I, I've lived for God that long. There is a danger here. That through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. The Old Testament to me, and, and correct me uh, if I'm wrong, but the Old Testament is a type and shadow of human nature. One of the best ways that helps me, because people say, I tried to read that Old Testament, man, I just put it down. I, 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 I can forget it. When I learn, it's simply talking about human nature from Genesis chapter 2, where Adam is created, then Eve, and then the fall. He's just simply going to help me with story after story and situation after situation. This is human nature. I don't do things on purpose sometimes. You don't do things on purpose. But yet I find myself out of the will of God. Because I have a human nature that I've got to deal with. That, that's why Paul said I'm crucified. I, this flesh wants to do things, say things, and get involved in things that God says. I really don't want you to go that way. Please don't say that. But I'll find myself because I think i got to say something. Do you Really? Or do you just feel, I'm going to straighten this out? Really what you're going to do, you're going to take a mess and make a bigger mess out of it. Because what I did, I stepped out of the will of God and I spoke when I shouldn't have spoke. I, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Go ahead. My question to you would be this. Do you have any despair? There is an advantage of getting old. We learn some things. We grow in some things. So, Asa did that which was good in the sight of the Lord. Can I liken Asa to you and I today? You found yourself in a place in the world where you were unhappy and you were not content. You might have got involved in drugs and alcohol and immorality and all kinds of things have crossed your path. But thank God we came into the house of God. 
And in the house of God, we felt his presence and his love. And we repented of, his, of our sins. And we asked him to come into our hearts and life. Could I liken that to Asa did that which was good and right in the sight of God? Well, what did Asa do? He started getting rid of things out of Israel that, that would cause them to sin. He got rid of idols and groves and high places. and all. He began to clean it up. Isn't that what you and I do when we come to God? I come in, I fall on my face in an altar I repent God I'm sorry how I'm living my life this life of drugs and alcohol and immorality and, and embezzlement and lying and stealing and all of that God I'm sorry and then I get up from that altar and I begin to make the changes that I need in my life and it feels good, doesn't it? I've been baptized in that wonderful name of Jesus. My sins are washed away. God's given me a brand new conscience toward God. See, he's on my side. He's on your side. He wants you to make it. Come on. The Lord is not against you today. He's on your side. You say, well, it doesn't feel like it. But he is on your side. You have to understand that. If God be for me, who can be against me? You've got to understand you may be in a trial, but the Lord is on your side. He's not on the enemy's side. He's on my side. And all of us have faced this at times in, in a spiritual struggle in where we are at. And so we begin to realize that God was going to help us. And we realized that the changes that had to come in my life, that, that I began to realize that when the doors of the house of God was open, I would now want to be there every time those doors were open. I cannot get enough of the things of God into my life. And then I find myself realizing uh, just coming to church and sitting is not enough. And I begin to come to my elder and I say, where can I get involved? How can I get involved in ministry? And then different ministries unfolded to all of us. Whether you were teaching Sunday school or worship and praise or, or small groups or Bibles, but somewhere, notice what I, why I'm growing in grace and in knowledge of the things of God. Come on, he saved you to serve. He didn't save you just to sit on a pew and look pretty all the time. Come on, he, he saved you for a reason. He said, there's only families that you can reach. Well, let someone else do it. Well, they can't because your personality and, and who you are and they believe in you and they'll listen to you. That's why God uses us and, and that's why it takes all of us. I, I can reach people you can't reach, but you can reach people I can't reach. And that's why we're unified and working together. No competition. I just want to fulfill what God's called me to do. What is my ministry? And I want to be to the best of my ability. So we begin to realize that, that God begins to help us. We begin to develop a life of prayer and, and deepen our relationship with God. We come in, we begin to realize the church can't finance itself. God begins to deal with me and I begin to pay tithes and offering. I'm talking about growing in grace and in knowledge. Come on, Asa cleaned it up. I'm cleaning up my life. I'm coming to that place where I want to be pleasing in his sight. So I'm growing and, and I'm allowing God to work in my life. I'm getting involved in the word of God and, and, and I'm reading it and, and it's starting to come alive. And God is speaking to me. All this is good, folks. Come on. All this is good. This is what I want in my life. And I want this thing to develop. 
in verse 11 of, of that 14th chapter, if you want to put that up, I, I want to use an illustration of typology again to just keep following this for a little while. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, the Lord is, said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude, O Lord. Thou art our God. Let no man prevail against thee. Could I liken that to our trials? I'm faithful to God. I'm coming to God. I've got ministry now. I'm growing in my ministry. But all of us face trials in our life. We, we don't get to the other side without conflict, without tribulation. Come on, he said, if you suffer with me, you reign with me. And some of you question the suffering. God, if you're real, why am I suffering? Because I'm going to reign with him. It's going to keep me from self-reliance. I can do this. You're looking at a, a man that in my early years, I kind of had trouble with John 15, 5. I, you can do nothing without me. And I'm going, really? Well, I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm going to work. I'm getting. Now, none of you are like me. I understand that. But God had to deal with me to the place that I began to realize, no, you can't do anything without me. You may want to become self-reliant. You may want to say, look what I can do and look what I have accomplished. But everything I have done on my own, God had nothing to do with. And most of the time, it ends up a mess. Because he said, well, you said you'd do that on your own. Go ahead. Let's see how it works out. Let's see how it plays out. Let's see what happens in all this. Why did God allow me to do that? To teach me I can do nothing without him. So when Asa cried unto the Lord, the Lord brought great victory in his life. When we came here 13 years ago, our, about our second year into the home missions work, our daughter Rachel became sick. She had taken some medication, and, and the doctors uh, kind of said, well, it's just part of the process. But she got worse and worse. She just went down and down and down in her health, and uh, she actually became suicidal. Uh, I, I remember she went back to St. Louis to visit Kim, hopefully cheer her up, work with her, ended up in an ER in St. Louis, and they said, you're crazy. You need mental illness medicine. But she knew she was in the fight of her life spiritually. She knew that, that this is spiritual. This is not a physical thing that I am battling, but this is a spiritual thing that we're talking about. And, and, and we would just pray. I would go to work, and my, my wife would go into the room where Rachel was at and pray with her sometimes for an hour at a time just so Rachel could get up and go to work. Uh, come on, trials are real. We, we can sit up here and say no bad days, but we're lying. I'm talking about how God teaches us to rely on him. He can bring me through anything. He can get me through to the other side five simple words you need to remember it shall come to pass it isn't always going to be this way in this trial we had no luck with the doctors in St. Louis no luck with the doctors here 
And my sister-in-law said, get her to Bellevue, to the woman's hospital there, place. Never forget the words that the doctor said. In two more weeks, she would be dead. But when you cry unto the Lord, when you cry unto the Lord, he is always there. Always there. Come on. Why, why is Asa going through this? Why are you and I in this place? Because God is trying to draw me nigh unto him, and I could, and he draw nigh unto me. He's trying to help me understand you cannot do this on your own. You won't quit on your own. You are not going to walk away on your own. It ain't going to happen. I need God more than I need anything else in this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Success is dangerous. Because if I don't handle success correctly, Asa reigned 41 years. 41 years in Judah, he reigned. That's a long time compared to a lot of the other kings that come, but he was doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But let's go now to the uh, 16th chapter, and let's begin reading to verse 1, and we're going we're gonna to see something that kind of begins to change here that we want to look at, and, and we're going to ask God to help us with. This is the danger that I, that that I want to make sure God help me. Asa's in his 36 years, 36th year of his 41. Notice what he said here. And in the sixth and thirteenth, the sixth and thirtieth year of his reign, Asa, Basa, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Can I use another word here? He besieged it. He, he, he cut off all the food supply coming in and out. I, 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 and so within time, you're going to be so weak you can't fight. You're going to be so weak you're just really going to have to surrender. I, I won't even have to sling an arrow, throw a rock, or do anything. This is what my intent was to do. Then verse 2, then, brought, then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasure of the house of the Lord and the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, There is a league between me and thee, and there, uh, there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go and break thy league with Basha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. How come? How come this man, Asa, who relied on God, cleaned everything up, is now going to the world for help? He's going to Syria. He doesn't stop and cry out to God and say, God, look what's going on here. Could it be he'd lived for God long enough? I can handle this on my own. And it came to pass when Basha heard it that he left off building Ramah and let the work cease. And, the, and Asa, the king, uh, took all Judah and carried away the stone of Ramah and the timber thereof wherewith Basha was building and 
he built there with Geba and Missa. Verse 7, God said, I've been watching this, and I'm just not too happy with it. And at the time, Hanai, the seer, which is a prophet, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria. Can I ask you a question this morning? Who are you relying on? Your own hand? Your own might? Your own money? Your own wisdom? Your own knowledge? Are we relying on God this morning to open a door, get a job? We're going to go on thin ice for just a second, and then we'll get back where we belong. Young people, wait on God to get the right mate. What we see too many times is, is a young person gets impatient and thinks they've got to go to the world to pick up a mate. I'm here to tell you that is a prescription for disaster. Come on, our reliance, come on. If he saved me, he can certainly bring me somebody. If he saved me and kept me and healed me and delivered me, certainly he can take care of the needs that I have. Either I will rely on God or I'm going to go into the world and try to get it answered from the world, which will never work. Self-reliance. Goes on to say, and relied not on the Lord thy God. Asa, what are you doing? You've cleaned Israel up and Judah and you. You've just done an amazing work for God. What happened here that you didn't seek God for the answer? Come on, remember when all the Ethiopians came against you and you cried out and God brought victory? How many believe he'd have brought victory again had Asa just simply cried out to God and said, God, you've done it before. You can do it again. See, you, you have to remember God is in control of everything. I like how verse 9 said, thou hast done foolishly. We begin to realize what's going on here. God, help us. Help us. Verse 10, and Asa was wroth with the seer, the prophet, the man of God, and put him in a prison house, and he was in rage. Isn't it interesting? I know none of us in here, we're talking about the people that are not here today, okay? When the elder preaches, they get mad. Don't tell me how to live my life. Don't tell me who I can go with and who I can't go with. Don't tell me I can't take that job. Don't tell me what's going on. Come on, it's no different today than in the day of Asa. Come on. This is getting too quiet for me. But, <laughs> but, but this is where we walk and live and talk. Either I'm going to rely on God and he'll always make a way. He'll always come through. You know, I've had people tell me things like, I don't bother God with the small stuff. I do. If I don't bother him with the small stuff, then I'm not relying on him. I'm saying I can handle this. I can take care of that. I don't need you to, to, to figure this out or handle this or do that. But yes, I do need God to figure that out and handle that. I don't care how small it is. Come on, you want to be used of God, but you want to do it your way. You can't do that. For God to trust you, you got to take the little things and the big things to him. And when he sees everything, God has to pass through you before I say yea or nay. Before I take a step, before I buy something, before I go somewhere. God, is this okay? Is this you? Are you all right with this? 
Boy, how much trouble could we stay out of? If we just came back to that simple principle, I don't want to have self-reliance. I want to rely on God. Can I, can I give you an example? Let's go to Luke chapter 12, and I want to start reading verse 16. And, and, and again, this self-reliance, and, and where Ace is at it, where he took everything into his own hands. I want you to see something here. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And thank God for that. I'm glad he's a God of blessings. Amen? Aren't you glad that whatever you touch, God blesses? Come on. Whatever you go to do, God honors. Why? Because I sought him. I've been faithful to him. There's nothing wrong with what the man has done. It's how he's going to handle it from here out. 17, please. And he thought within himself, saying, Now catch this. What shall I do? Because I, 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 I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will. Where's God at in that? Lord, what would you have me to do? My barn is full and I just need direction. Folks, it's that simple. Come on, this is no rocket science in living for God. It's just simple. God could have spoke to him and said, I'll send a man to build you two barns. But when I take it into my own hands, I will do this and I will do that. And I don't need your advice and I don't need your counsel. I will. Uh-oh. It's back to self-reliance. Now I'm, I'm relying on my wisdom, my intellect, my understanding, my experience in life. But it doesn't match God. His ways are above my ways. His thoughts are above my thoughts. That's why I've got to come to God. He sees the future. I only see the here and the now. But if I'll go to him and counsel God, what do you think? He'll give me the direction that I need. And I'll build greater. And there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Uh-oh. I will. I will. I have. Now I don't need God. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall all those things be which thou hast provided? See, when I become self-reliant, the end of the story is never pretty. And what I built up now goes to another man. Goes to another end. Notice he didn't even get to really enjoy it. Come on, you got to understand. God is a God of blessing. Come on. I really feel today that God does want to heal people. Does anybody know the name of Asa, what it means, the definition of Asa? It means doctor or healer. Let's keep going. Let's go to verse 12 of chapter 16. Isn't that amazing sometimes where you can fix everything else, but I can't fix myself? <laughs> and Asa in the 30th and 9th year, he's 41 years, in his 39th year of his reign, he was diseased in his feet. Until his disease was exceeding great. Now catch this. Yet in his disease, he sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. Why? He trusted in the doctors, but he didn't trust in God. I'm not against doctors. They're about to give me a new hip in a few weeks. 
But that ain't the first place I went. I went to him first. God, you can heal this. You can take care of that. But if you choose to go another direction, you just let me know because it's not my call. It's his call, his purpose. He's doing something through all of this. And I have to open myself up and say, okay, God, what are you trying to show me here? What do you got? Because God, you could heal me. Healing is not a problem for you. It is simple. It is that quick. And it could happen. But because you've not chose to in the last 12 years, then you've got another plan for my life. But I'm still seeking God, folks. I'm still asking God, is it the doctor that I need to witness to? Is there somebody there that you're going to put before me? Come on. Come on. God's got a reason for that. And I don't have to challenge God. I simply got to say, God, show me why, when, where, why is this happening? Now, I'm not questioning God to put God on the spot. I'm questioning God because if there's a ministry that needs to take place, I want to be aware of it. I want you to show me who am I going to witness to. I'm praying for a guy right now in anger management. Zachary uh, has grandma seizures, starts shaking and goes into the and he let me pray with him. Uh, last Tuesday, we were there at the courthouse doing anger management, and a young man walked up to me after class. He said, can I have a hug? I said, I'll give you a hug, but can I pray for you that God would take this problem away? He said, yes, you may. So Brother Manuel and I are in there praying with him in the probation office because he, God opened it up. You just reveal. I don't know how you're going to do all this yet, but you show me, and we'll do it. And some people say, you can't pray in government buildings. Who said? I'm not being rebellious. The man asked for prayer. And I'm going to pray. Because why? God was doing something. It was a God moment in that man's life. And you and I got to realize, I don't want to do this on my own. But God, could I come to a place where I could surrender this morning? I wonder, and this may sound a little crazy, but I wonder if we could take a little time in repentance. Because maybe I'll pick some things up uh, and I can handle this. Uh, and I can do this. Uh, and I'm strong enough. And I'm, I'm buff enough. And I, and I can do this. But maybe I really need to realize, God, I'm sorry. I, I thought, I thought this would be okay. I, I thought I could, you know, just take a break. God, I'm just trying to help you out. And God said, no, you're not relying on me. You went from relying on God. Come on, anybody rely on God when you got baptized and all your sins were washed away? Come on, anybody rely on God when he filled you with the Holy Ghost? Speak in another tongue that God had filled you with his spirit to lead you and guide you. Come on, you got to realize everything I'm doing, I'm going to rely on God. But what if I've come to this place in my life that now I think I can do it on my own? Not so much living for God. But you know, the foxes get the little grapes. Everything starts out small. It's not a major decision you may be dealing with this morning. But what if it's a small decision here or there that I can do? And, and I would wonder this morning, could we back up and say, God, I'm sorry. There's some things that, that, that I thought I could handle. There's some things I thought I could do. But I realized this morning, I really need to take a place in prayer. And I need to begin to seek you and ask you, God, what's your will about this? God, what's your plan for this? God, is this relationship toxic or good? Is this job good or bad? God, I really like it. Sounds like it'd be a perfect fit. I, I know you gotta gotta work on Sunday, but is 
if God's the most important thing in your life, I would go to him in prayer. And I begin to, and I understand sometimes people have to work Sunday, but it would be something that I would begin to pray about. When I pastored in Oregon, we had a lot of teenagers, 18, 19 year olds, and they begin to go into the job market. And I remember walking in one Sunday where so and so, where so and so, and where so, well, they're all working their work. I said, let's start praying and fasting and let, let's bind this spirit right now. Because the devil doesn't want these young people in church. I want you to know we started praying and fasting and seeking God. And it wasn't within a month. Every one of them had new jobs. And they were Monday through Friday. And they were in the house of God. Come on. If I rely on God. Come on. If I can trust God. And I can put him first. And say, God, you know where I want to be. You know where my heart is at. You know I need finances. I've got to support a house and a family. But God, I'm going to rely on you. What do you need this morning? What decisions are you facing? I can guarantee you there's some of you are in the heat of the battle right now. I can guarantee you you're going through some things that are, man, this is almost over my head. This is overwhelming. You know, I'm, I'm almost confused. I don't know which way to turn. Could I encourage you to turn to the Lord this morning? You, you could be filled with revenge today, but if you could turn to the Lord today, I'm here to tell you God could take that spirit out of you, and you could begin to realize, I found peace again with God. See, when, when I have revenge and hate, like, like, like Asa got into his spirit, then I don't have any peace. Anybody like some peace this morning? Anybody be able to? like to go to sleep at night and sleep all night and be able to get up rested in the morning. Come on, there's some things you're battling in your mind, but I'm here to tell somebody you've got to turn it over to God. You've you got to quit being self-reliant and become God-reliant and begin to realize, okay, God, you know what you're doing here, and I'm going to yield myself to you in your plan and purpose. Would you stand with me? Could you begin just to worship the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. I want to open this altar to you today. I want to give you a chance to respond to the word of the Lord. I believe as some of you come and you begin responding in repentance and acknowledgement of the word of God, God's going to begin to pour in and give direction. He's going to give instruction. And I believe healing can begin to take place. Come on, would you bring those things that you've been seeking direction for? Would you be willing to bring them to the altar today? Bring them to the Lord. And in honest transparency before God, express, Lord, I've been trying to do this. If the word has dealt with your heart, Lord, I've been trying to do this my way. I'm asking you for instruction. I'm asking you for direction. I'm looking to you, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, remind me of the things you've already said where maybe I went my own way. I'll come back to your word and your instruction today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We reach to you and we trust in you today.
raging seas. You walk with me through the fire. Thing is impossible.
deceptions in this area is that if I don't do what I know to do if I don't do it myself then nothing's going to happen and we get deceived into not waiting on God we often call it taking matters into our own hands ever made that statement before just got to take matters into your own now you understand the word of the Lord today clearly is not instructing us to well I, I guess I'm just sitting down and doing nothing until God comes and grabs me by the nap of my neck and lifts me up that's not what we're talking about and I, I was reflecting today you can be seated if you want to Gabriel how long you worked over there now it was four years I don't know how long Gabriel had been looking for a job. I don't know necessarily a long time. But he needed a job. And he wanted to work. I still remember. It was so distinct to me. I, 
Doesn't always happen this way, but it was so distinct to me. I never forget. I'm dri- I mean, I drive that way all the time. It's right near my house. I drive by this car wash. And they have a sign. You know, everybody, anybody ever seen a help wanted sign? I, I see them all the time. I saw one this morning. I didn't feel anything. I didn't get, I didn't call anybody when I saw the sign this morning. I, but, it, but I saw this sign at this car wash and I couldn't call Gabriel fast enough. I can't remember if I called him or texted him. I think I texted him. He wouldn't have took my call. He'd probably be like, oh, no, I don't know what he wants. I'm like, no, I'm kidding. That's not true. But I remember calling him or texting him. And I know what I felt in my spirit. But I didn't text him and say, Gabriel, I just saw a sign. And God's dealing with me. You need to call. Now that was happening. I knew I, when I saw, I, you say, how did you know? I, it, there was just a witness in my spirit. I sent him that text. And it, I'm so, Gabriel said, okay, I'll, I'll, I don't remember exactly what he said. Okay, I'll go check into it or I'll look into it. I think he went the same day. He responded. Now, I never in any time, I don't, I don't think I did, ever said God dealt with me. I felt in the Holy Ghost. I just knew what I felt. And he had a responsibility to determine, do I want to respond to that? Is No, he recognized, hold on a minute. And he, he's been there now four years. I think he owns half the place. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm getting... I know they got him going to Tri-Cities to manage that store. He's managing this place here. He's now... God has blessed him, given him favor with the owner there. He's, I don't know if he'll be there all of his life, but the Lord directed his steps in that situation. I believe that with all of my heart. Not because I sent him a text, you understand. But God directed his steps in that situation. God had a plan. He has a plan for every one of our lives. But we're all human, aren't we? Man, when there's a pressing need, it's pressing, isn't it? And pressure mounts. Anybody ever have pressure mount? Anybody heard of King Saul? He was needing to go to battle and pressure was mounting. But the prophet Samuel wasn't there yet. And, you know, he knew there needs to be an offering and there needs to be a sacrifice before I go to battle. And time, right? Time's the greatest pressure putter. Right? Time, time, pressure, pressure, time, time, pressure. And so Saul said, you know what? I think I can do the sacrifice myself. I don't know where Samuel's at, but I'm running out of time. I'm going to step out of my place into something that I know is not right or good. And Saul stepped into a place rather than wait on God. Time and pressure came. Cost him the kingdom. Cost him the kingdom. God had a kingdom. God said, I would have established your name forever. But because you've done this thing. You acted on your own abilities. Rather than wait on what I'd ordained for you. 
Are you laying hold of the Word of God this morning? We all go through this. It's maturing in the Lord. Maturing in the Lord. I remember when I left Walmart. Sure wasn't what I planned. I'd become this store manager. I was successful. Brother Johnson talked about success. Nothing wrong with success. God's in it. Many of you have heard this. I got a card from my dad. It said, congratulations, son. You, like me, are a self-made man. Ooh, I did not like the sound of that card. Dad meant well, but that pierced my spirit. The Lord let it pierce my spirit. I did not want to be. I do not want to be a self-made man. I want to be a God-made man. It pierced my spirit. You, like me, are a self-made man. Less than a year later, I wasn't with Walmart anymore. And even then, I left thinking, I knew the Lord had told me to leave. I left thinking, ah, it's fine. I got a good resume. I'll get work. It'll all be fine. I had my plan. And the Lord said, let's just see how that works out. And the Lord let me walk through a wilderness for almost three years. I was working at Kinko's. Anybody remember Kinko's? It's FedEx coffee. It used to be Kinko's coffee, coffee shops. Now it's FedEx bottom. I was working at Kinko's for eight bucks an hour. I've been, been making a six-figure salary at Walmart. I'm working for eight bucks an hour at Kinko's. The Lord knows how to humble us. I was selling books door to door from 5 p.m. till midnight, just trying to feed my family. I promise you, Brother Jester, I was crying out to God then. I was no longer self-reliant. The Lord opened a door into the banking world. It was still a 76% pay cut from what I'd made at Walmart, but it was better than Kinko's. Lord started opening doors and blessing. I got scared. Just transparent. I got scared. I was scared of success at this point. I'd had it, saw the ups and downs. I'm like, man, I'm not going that road again. I'm not pursuing the ladder, if you will. I was talking to the Lord about it. You ever been mad at God or confused? And so you just talk. You should, you should talk to the Lord when you're confused. I said, Lord, I don't understand. I'm starting to have success again in the banking world. You, you look back on prayers, you pray and think, man, I must have sounded crazy. The Lord is so patient and loving. Just being transparent in front of you today. I said, Lord, I don't know how to not be successful. How But this is on. I remember praying this. I remember praying, Lord, I don't know how to be, not be successful. I, I, I just know to go to work and do the best that I know to do. And, and this happens. And you've given me these skills and these abilities. And I can't just, 
I, I was talking to the Lord about this. I'm like, Lord, do you want me to just sort of like do halfway? Am I supposed to just get, I, I mean, I don't know how you talk to God. I was, I needed answers. And, and I didn't want to go the road I'd went with Walmart where it had become about me. And I was wanting to make sure the Lord's ordering my steps. Is, is this something you're doing or am I falling into that same pattern again where I'm relying on my own ability to get somewhere and do something? And it's pleasing me, but it's not pleasing you. If the Lord's ever spoke to me, He spoke to me that day. And he said, Joel, I want you to be successful. Do you think, see, I don't know how the Lord talks to you. He talks to me pretty, he he knows I got a thick head, so he's got a. He said, do you think you made yourself successful at Walmart? Who do you think gave you that success at an early age? You didn't do that. He said, but you, I gave you success there. And you made it about you rather than me. I promoted you in that company. I took you all over the U.S. and into Canada. I was connecting you with people. But you made it about you. I wanted to crawl under the carpet, Sister Friday. Because as the Lord was telling me these things, I began to see in my mind people and faces and names. Where I'd just been so focused on success of self that I'd missed God-ordained interactions, God-ordained relationships. He said, I was broadening your influence with people but you made it about you rather than the people I was trying to get you in front of I purpose by the grace of God Lord if you give me any success anywhere by your grace it'll never be about me again and some of you have heard the story I've stood in a corporate headquarters in front of VPs and senior VPs and board members and talked for 15 or 20 minutes about leadership stuff. But I'm quoting scripture. I mean, I didn't put it on the screen or anything, you understand. But I'm quoting scripture. They don't know I'm quoting scripture. They think I'm just referencing some quote. People do that all the time, right? They quote Bill Gates and whatever. I was just quoting more powerful people. And watch people in a corporate headquarters sitting in a room begin to weep as the Spirit of God moves into that corporate headquarters. Have men walk up to me after and say, is it strange that I felt God while you were talking today? Did I produce that? Not a chance. God did that. And every single one of you from a schoolroom and a classroom to an RV manufacturing facility to a treatment facility to you go right on down the list. Every one of you, I believe, you can be there and walk with God and God can use you with the people around you for purpose when we're God-reliant.
Would you stand with me today again? I feel this so strongly in the Holy Ghost. I've been waiting while we've been talking. Elder Johnstone talked about healing as well. I, I felt the quickening of the Spirit of the Lord in the prayer room. I've been waiting through this whole service going, maybe that's just you, maybe that's just you. But I can't get away from it. We're going to respond to the Lord today before we go. Before we baptize somebody, then we go. I haven't forgotten. If you need healing today, if you need healing today, whether you need healing in your mind or whether you need healing in your body or whether you need healing in your spirit. James chapter 5 verse 13 declares to us, it's very familiar to many of us. I think it's 5 and 13, yeah. Is any afflicted? Are you able to? Thank you, Brother Jeremiah. I'm so thankful for Brother Jeremiah. I mean that. He is efficient. He's quick. He's, I'm going to put him on the spot now, but we jump around and he's on it and jumps back and forth and we all get the luxury of just looking and reading the word of God and having it there. James chapter 5 and verse 13. I'll give him a minute now. He's on the spot. Is any among you afflicted? That word afflicted there means carrying a weight heavy, burdened. Let him pray. That doesn't sound like self-reliance, Brother Johnstone. Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Now watch verse 14. This is the verse we know. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Notice there's a colon there, so we know the writer's not done. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. Watch. And this is what the prayer of faith does. If he's committed sins... They'll be forgiven. Do you know? And so James lets us know that sometimes, not always, not always, not always. Sometimes sickness could be tied to sin. But the prayer of faith is able to forgive sin and heal. Now, we don't teach that very often, but it's the word of God. The prayer of faith is able to forgive sins. Do you remember when they ripped open the roof and lowered the man down? Remember Jesus prayed for him? And Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven thee. Remember that? People were like, who does he think he is? Jesus said, what's easier for me to say your sins be forgiven or to say rise, take up your bed and walk? Do we believe Jesus did that? I know he did. This verse tells us. Now, you understand None of us have the power to heal. None of us have the power to forgive sins. But Jesus was our example. We can pray for the sick and the sinful. 
And the Lord will forgive their sins when we pray and heal their sickness. When we, that's what the Word says. Some of you get nervous. You're like, Brother Harp said we can pray and people's sins be forgiven. That's what the Word says. The Lord wants to do this today without any further ado. If you want healing, you need healing in your mind, your body, or your spirit, I'm asking you to come. Just stand right here. I'm asking Brother Martin, Brother Lewis, Sister Julie, Brother and Sister John Stone, my wife, to come. I know you're standing there wanting prayer, but you're going to help pray for people first. You just join them right there, Brother Lewis. Sister Julie, right there. Brother and Sister John Stone, they're going to help us pray. These are elders of the church. There's a few people here this morning. I believe the Lord's going to do a work right now. This isn't something we're going to build up. Either the word of God is true or it is not. You believe the word of God today? You believe the word of God today? The word is true. The power and the authority is in the word of God and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're simply going to obey the word today. Sister Jester, I'm asking you to come and help us to pray. Brother Jester, I'm going to let you sit there and pray right there. I'm counting on your prayer today, Brother Jester. Brother Joel, I want you to come. I'm waiting on the Lord right here. You're going to help us pray. In Jesus' name. I think it's God's design. We don't feel the whole, either the Lord's going to do this or he's not. Go back to verse 14, Jeremiah. Pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. This is why we pray in Jesus' name. The authority is in the name of Jesus And the authority is in his word. And so we are going to pray today. And if you need now, when we're coming to pray, if you need healing in your mind, you don't have to go into some story. Just say my mind. Is that fair? So the person praying knows what they're praying for. All right. If it's in your spirit, you feel like there's something in your spirit, offense, bitterness, you need healing. All right. Then just say my spirit. You don't have to tell them the story. Okay, And if it's in your body, you can say my body and you can say my arm, my leg, my fair. We're going to know what we're praying and we're going to pray in faith. Praise God. I'm asking these elders and sisters that I've asked to come to begin to go and pray. In Jesus name, God bless you as you go. Oh, yes, here's oil. If you only got one bottle, so you guys got to figure that out and pass it around. I'm asking the rest to remain to pray with us. Come on, every, we're agreeing together right now. What we're doing is we're agreeing together in faith, in simple obedience to the Word of God. In Jesus' name, in faith and simple obedience to the Word of God.
As we're praying, if there's others that you're like, I want to come, then you feel free to come. We'll pray with you. It's a work of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name.
just lift our hands across the sanctuary and give God praise this morning. Father, we magnify you. We will be a people reliant on you. By the grace of God, we will be a people reliant upon you. 
Father, according to your word, we'll trust in you with all of our heart and not lean to our own understanding. In all of our ways, we'll acknowledge you, knowing you will direct our paths. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We worship you. We give you praise and glory and honor today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. I feel faith today. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We are going to have a baptism this morning. I'm excited about this. You can be seated if you want, or you can greet someone if you want to do that. We're going to take a moment and praise God. Maybe I could get uh, Brother Gabriel and Brother Reuben to help while we're waiting. We will give you an opportunity to give as unto the Lord in your worship. And uh, I think they went to grab people. Amen. He's going. Hallelujah. Amen. Today we're going to baptize Jonah. And uh, Jonah has been sitting in many Bibles. If you have offering, feel free to just bring it today. God bless you. Jonah has been waiting for a little bit. He's been a little nervous about me holding him under or something, I think. At least that's what I heard. I talked to him in the prayer room today, assured him we were going to be fine. and we were. It's a great day. The Apostle John said, I have no greater joy, no greater joy than to know or hear that my children walk in truth. And there is no joy as great as the joy of if the Lord allows us to tarry to see our children walking in the truth. To where the word of God becomes their word, not mom and dad's word. And they see it for themselves and they want to participate in the word of God. Amen. So we're going to do that. We'll give them a minute to get ready. Feel free to greet your brother, sister, guest, greet someone. And we'll let you know when we're ready that way.
Praise God. I told him I didn't realize he was up here. He's not quite as tall. You've been waiting on me. I'd asked Jonah, I said, do you trust me? He said, yep. And so I was confirming again. He said, I told you already, yep. <laughs> I think he trusts me. We're so, it's an exciting day today, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. You know, it's important. Um, many of you have heard us share that we don't baptize infants. And the reason why we don't baptize infants, because of Mark chapter 16, the scripture clearly teaches us, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. So believing is a responsibility of baptism. And Jonah could probably teach a Bible study about baptism himself. And we won't put you on the spot right now. But there's something precious about it when a child recognizes, hey, there's something here in the word of God. I want this in my life. I, I need this in... And I know his parents have been patient and sort of helped him make the journey and say, well, hold on a minute. And, but the hunger of the heart of a child towards God is a beautiful thing. And so I'm excited today. It's, my heart is filled with joy and we haven't even done this yet. And so it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Amen. So we're going to baptize him. I've talked enough. And if we have... Any family that wants to come up here, you can feel free to do so. You can see much better. 